Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Second to None podcast, where we talk everything and all things SEC football related here on streaming on the 365 Sports YouTube channel. And then, of course, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. And, you know, there's a lot that TK that we could talk about today. And by the way, I'm, I'm Blaine Gilmer here with my co-host Tavares King and uh, Tavares I'm so excited man I'm just ready to jump right into it because there's a lot (laughs) we could talk to talk today about you know Florida landing Billy Napier's their next coach all those kind of things but we're not we're going to throw all that to the wayside for right now because it is SEC championship game week Georgia versus Alabama Tavares it doesn't get any better than this if you're a football fan it doesn't. It does not. I knew you was hyped when I got a, got a text early, early, early this morning. I rolled over. I said, Blaine, Blaine texted me early. What are you talking about? Blaine was hyped in the text talking about UGA versus Bama. So, yeah, the man, we, we got us a good one, bro. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dope matchup, bro. Um, a really a really good offense, um, explosive offense versus defense um, that, you know, is unheard of. So we, we, got, we got some great stuff to talk about tonight. No doubt. And, you know, these are two teams that have done it in, in different ways, right? When you when you talk about Georgia absolutely just blowing the doors off of everybody, not even not even challenged this year in a fourth quarter, haven't had to play a meaning, meaningful fourth quarter except in the Clemson game. But even that one, even though it was 10 to 3, TK, that defense was so dominant that game, it never felt like that game was really threatened in any way. I mean, once it felt like once Chris Smith got the pick six for Georgia, it was like, oh, that's it. It's done because no, nobody's going to score. So uh, that that was kind of the, the method there. And then Alabama, you know, they've been scratching and clawing, taking care of business, finding ways to win, which good teams do that, TK. And uh, you can't mm-hmm. say that Alabama's not a good team. I mean, they've they've been there at the you know top of college football for a long time. So just kind of your thoughts on how this season has played out for both teams. Man, obviously, like you said, we we've, we've kind of stormed through everybody. We we uh we we've taken everybody everybody seriously. You know, guys have talked about it. Um, just keeping the main thing, the main thing, not looking past anybody. And you can tell with the way that we play that we hadn't looked past anybody. Guys take their job extremely serious, um, especially on that defense. They want to keep everybody out of that end zone. Um, and the offense has gotten better, progressively better throughout the year, too. And as well as getting progressively better, we've gotten progressively healthier. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's exciting um, to be a dog right now. And then, and then, obviously, talking about Bama, man, they, they're the thing that that honestly scares me as a dog fan about them is that they are battle tested. They have been in games to where momentum hasn't been in their favor. And you said it, championship teams come out of things like that. And just like last weekend in Jordan Hare Stadium, we talked about it. Uh, I think a couple episodes ago, crazy shit happens in that stadium, bro. They just find ways to to make stuff happen and, no and they almost did it again but to that to my to my point and your point great teams championship teams find ways to win and that's what they did bro so you gotta you gotta respect that and you gotta know that the Nick Saban and and that high flying offense will be prepared and will be ready and will have a chip on their shoulder because they 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 they're not dumb. They watch TV. They watch the media. They hear things. They they see things, and and they don't like being a six point underdog. 
And that is a great segue there, TK, when you talk about six points, because we're talking about the spread right there. And when you're talking about the the betting line on this game and all other games, everybody needs to remember that bet online is the number one spot to place your bets on for basketball and football. It's the number one uh, site for all of that action over there, whether it's you're getting your odds, your props, your futures, any of that kind of stuff, you need to go check it out. Head over to the new and updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. And like I said, it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all your amazing offers available to you for the 2021 season. BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So, TK, you know, six-point favorite right off the bat. Well, before we, you know, really dive into the details of this game, you've got the number one-ranked Georgia Bulldogs facing right now uh they're they're ranked number two we'll see uh where alabama falls down to well they were ranked number three ohio state had jumped them this past week in the college football rankings they were number three now michigan takes down ohio state so twofold is my first question to you what do you think about the six point line to start off with and then also where do you think on uh tuesday night the committee will have alabama ranked going into this game uh, that first question, the six points, I think, um, it's, it's, it's about right. It's, it's about right. Maybe a little less than that. I think it's going to be one of those nail biting games. Every time we play these guys, it's, 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 it seems to be that kind of game. Um, and just, we talked about it. It's, it's a offensive juggernaut versus a defense. That's a, a, a brick wall. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tight game, bro. It's going to be a game where there's field position battles, um, and then you might you might see it's it's gonna be a game where special teams will be a big factor. Um, so so yeah, bro. I, I think I think the points are, are kind of right where they need to be. You'll obviously they'll probably drop that a little bit. Uh, I think it's gonna come down to like four. Um, yeah, it, 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 who knows? It, I think it depends on Alabama's health when it comes to where this line goes in terms of the the betting odds of things. Man, if Brian Brian Robinson Jr. went down with. Everybody said, oh, it's an ankle. And but when I saw him, he was grabbing the back of his leg. I was like, that's not an ankle. That he, he I was like, he's he's grabbing a, a hammy or or something, something along those lines. And Nick Saban comes out today in his teleconference and confirms that it's a lower body muscle strain of some time. So TK, Alabama came into the Iron Bowl with two healthy scholarship running backs in B Rob and Trey Sanders. And mm-hmm. now he who, 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 who has also been banged up. Who's been who's been fragile for his first couple of years through there. And now, you know, if he's the only back there, if, if B Rob is hampered by a hamstring going to the SEC championship game, just as a former athlete who's played not only the SEC but the NFL you know, if it's a hamstring, if it's if it's anything like that, a muscle strain of any kind, how 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 hard is it to be able to prepare at a game of this magnitude with that type of injury and then also his ankle issue that he does have going on? I mean, look, if it's if it's something that's a you know soft tissue, then it's then it's going to be tough throughout the week to prepare because you're going to have to and want to stay off of it um, to to you know get it better. Um, so preparation for him will probably be done in the classroom, um, you know, in the training room, getting getting healthy, making sure his body's in tip top shape. Um, but it's tough. It's tough to to go a week with a with a muscle strain. He's not he's not going to be at full tilt for sure um, if it if it's soft tissue. Um, so. So, yeah, man, he's got he's going to need help. And that was one of my questions. Who's who's who who helps this guy? Um who helps him? Who relieves him? Because because bro, he he's kind of had to do it all for I mean, them he, on the ground. He had twenty. He had uh, thirty touches in the Arkansas game. He was you know on pace to to do a lot, but he had kept kept having to come out of the game against the Iron Bowl, just hampered here and there. They used Trey Sanders a little bit differently, split him out, throw him some screens, things of that nature, try to throw him the ball. So uh, Alabama. You know, if Trey Sanders is that guy, I think you'll see a lot more um, 
you know, some creativity and that's not a negative thing. I mean, you could see some, some things uh, with Slade Bolden in the, in the backfield, they use Christian Leary. They've moved him over. They're even working with, uh, you know, different, different linebackers and things like that. Heck with the way that uh, Florida torched uh, Georgia a couple of years ago on wheel routes and stuff like that, they may line your guy, Jamison Williams back up there and try to try to get him on, you know, something creative like that. So who knows what Bill O'Brien and that, Sometimes uh, invention, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? You know, when you when you have to do something, you come up with something creative. So I'm sure they will leave no stone unturned if Brian Robinson Jr. is unable to play or is hampered significantly in that game. But, you know, that's the injury side for for Alabama. The, the main concern there is is right there at running back with Brian Robinson Jr. and then uh, also, Armor Davis, the the corner, um, you know, was unable to play th- this past game, and they had to go with Kool Aid McKinstry, uh, freshman over there. Kool-Aid. Yeah, Kool Aid uh, stepped up and played well. Honestly, a lot of people believe that he played better than uh, Josh Job over there. So, and that's kind of the the injury deal. So, is 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 Armor Davis and be Rob, or will they be able to play for Alabama? That's kind of the question there on the injury front before we get into the the numbers and the X's and O's and all that for Alabama. And then on Georgia for the injury front, I was at the Georgia Tech game. Uh, I was covering that game, and I saw both Kendall Milton and Chris Smith warming up before that game, TK. Of course, Chris Smith, who has – he got moved to – down to star in the Tennessee game, replacing Latavius Brini, and they put Dan Jackson at safety. And I would imagine I like, I like, I like me some Dan Jackson, boy. No doubt, Dirty Dan Jackson uh, is able to run and hit. Um, also, Alabama has a has a great uh, safety over there, and and uh, Helms over there. He was oh, yeah, he was he was hitting he was hitting some uh, some people DeMarco. over there. Uh-huh. Yeah, Demarco Helms. He was over there hitting some people in that game yesterday. So uh, I think. The, the safety position is some somebody that Georgia and Alabama both have really hard-hitting safeties over there. But here's the, the question for Georgia. When it comes to coverage underneath, right, when Chris Smith goes down and plays that star position, it allows Georgia to be much better in man-to-man coverage in the slot, on, on inside receivers, on tight ends, things like that. Um, but he was not moving very well with that knee. I mean, it was he he looked still very, very gimpy, was moving very gingerly on that knee. And Kendall Milton uh still didn't look quite quite ready either. Uh he was looking much better than than Chris Smith. Uh they're in hopes of getting both of those guys back this game, Georgia is. But TK, if if Chris Smith cannot go and Georgia has to use Latavius uh Bernie there, you know, Latavius is is a, he's a Good run stopper. He he does some great things on the edge, but he's had some struggles in pass coverage this year. Yeah, he definitely has, and I think a, a, a good chunk of that has to do with uh, communicating um, and just understanding what's going on. He flies around, bro. When you play fast, you're gonna make mistakes, uh, and and he's one of those guys that's he's a see ball, hit ball kind of guy. So um, things like play action do kind of sneak sneak in on them so so yeah i mean i but i I have all the trust in the world in them one thing that we have that they don't have is is guys that create havoc and make it easy for uh our nickels and our corners to to make plays so so hopefully you know we're doing what we have to do up front and and like we have all year and and, you know well in in terms of the numbers right i mean they've got they've got a dude over there and will anderson who's at 13 sacks on the year and he's he's definitely able to create yeah he's on pace for like 30 tfls uh, tackles for loss bro like what yeah he can definitely create habit by i think you're talking about in the numbers of georgia up front just being able like it's just waves that come at you those guys Mm -hmm. consistently being able to um saw a clip of uh, for those that don't know, Jordan Yates was the quarterback for Georgia Tech. He's a guy who can really run. I mean, a dual threat type guy. He's a he's a legit four four five uh, type quarterback. And he, you know, dropped back. Georgia sent three. They dropped. They put Trevon Walker at the nose and dropped Trevon back just to be a spy. Right? He really didn't rush. And once Yates took off towards the left, the left flat out there. Trayvon disengaged from his blocker and ran him down over there in in the flat, and that is a guy running at two hundred or 
close to 300 pounds. He's covered kickoffs in his past, and they're able to use him creatively at that. I think as crafty and make no bones about it, I'm coming out right now and saying Bryce Young is the best player in the country, in my yeah, opinion. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's the Heisman. He's, you, you should give Bryce Young the Heisman, regardless of how he does in this game versus Georgia. You should give him the Heisman right now because without Bryce Young, Alabama has three, four losses this season. I mean, the yeah. way that, that they've that, that they've played. It's not – they've not been consistent enough, and he has bailed out that offensive line time and time again. But as crafty as he is of slipping the pocket and being able to move, and it's not like he's moving – extremely fast TK, but he just looks slippery. I mean, him and Matt Corral are that same type of they've they've got you know fluidity in their hips. They're able to make people make people miss and then just deliver ridiculously accurate and strong throws down the field on the run, different platforms, things like that. So I think the chess match there is going to be okay. How does Bryce Young choose to move when he moves and what is Georgia's plan for it when he does? Yeah, a hundred percent. You talk he is special bro uh his pocket presence is crazy to be so young um moving in the pocket always constantly keeping his eyes downfield you see multiple times where he escapes the pocket um and extends the play and then they launch one downfield so i mean he's he's a he's a really special player so i think that is a key to the game is us hitting home and and getting to him um and not just getting to him, bro, like hitting him. Um, because Which Auburn there, did because a there lot. isn't because but yeah, oh god, yeah. No, he's and he's he's another guy that's probably gonna be in the training room banged up, hurting because Auburn hit home, bro. They didn't even they didn't seven even sacks, they, I think it was. It I was mean, it was times they didn't even blitz and they and they hit home. So he he's definitely banged up, but I think for for a key for Georgia in this game would be is gonna be to hit him because yeah, there there is there is no Jalen Hurts to come in. Yeah, they, they, you saw what happened with a uh, dude, buddy, old uh, you know Bear Bryant's grandson when uh, when uh, Paul Tyson when the, they had the bad snap on the field goal. Uh, you know he didn't he didn't look like he wanted that ball in his hands at all. Like he was <laughs> like he was like, oh my lord, uh, you know if if that's fire like, fire yeah if that's, if that's Bryce, didn't run out in the flat either though if they, it, it was all bad. If that's Tua back in the day or that's Jalen Hurts, the defense all of a sudden is thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen here? You know, they're able to to make that kind of play. But, you know, when you talk about Auburn with their front being able to get after, you know, Derek Hall had twenty had three sacks on his own. Uh, Smoke Monday with a sack. Marcus Harris with a sack. Colby Wooden had a sack. TD, TD Moultrie was eating Damian George's lunch over there. I mean, TD Moultrie was just slamming up against uh, Damian George every down going over there on the on the left-hand side of the defense, the right-hand side of the offense. So that brings uh, up, before we get into the stats and the numbers and all that, kind of a interesting thing here is you've got – Georgia's strength, defensive front, okay, versus Alabama's weakness, which is offensive line. You have yeah. Alabama's strength, which is vertical passing game, versus what is relatively Georgia's strength with maybe some some missteps in pass coverage at times down the field when the when the pressure is not there. So that intrigues me, TK, to see how that's going to play out when Alabama's on offense. No, a hundred percent. That that is, I think, the biggest key to the game is is how they control the line of scrimmage on offense and how we we control the line of scrimmage defensively wreaking havoc. Because if I, I think I, I really think um, it's another thing that spooks me. If we don't get home, if we're not getting back there, getting to getting to Bryce Young, then things like that will happen. Uh, but, because they're special out wide, bro. They got you mentioned it. They got Jameson. They got Mitchie, um, who who finished the game uh, with the even walk off. Even Latou and Billingsley at tied in. I mean, they they make some bonehead plays got, from time to time. They got but pieces. They're, they're players. I mean, they're they're they can go Slade Bolden. He's crafty. He pieces. can do some things. Uh, so you know, it, it's interesting to see um, on that on that side of the ball. And then uh, finally, to finish off, I started talking about Georgia on the in, in, uh, injury front, and that's how we got here with Chris Smith, you know, t- talking about whether he'll be available or not, uh, Kendall Milton. And then we saw the return of George Pickens uh, for the Georgia Tech Jorge. game. Jorge. 
Oh yeah. Jorge, Jorge, uh, as TK affectionately calls him. But when it comes to that, TK, you, you've played, like I said, wide receiver in the NFL, you've played wide receiver, uh, in, 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 you know, SEC championship games. I mean, you've been, you've been to this level when you, when there's a guy like basically take a George Pickens, right. And you've played, uh, around guys like a, like a Calvin, Calvin Johnson and people like that, when there's a guy that is at that ability and that size out there, just talk to people what that does to the defense, just them lining up out there. A lot. Um, I mean, everybody knows how special George Pickens is um, as an athlete, as a receiver. So it's not like, again, Nick Saban. Nick Saban is a, is a extremely smart man. He he understands that if if George Pickens is out there, that he's a threat. Um, he can do some damage. So defensively, you're going to have to put a guy over top of him. Um, you're going to have to uh, put a safety over top of him. You might have to play a, a cloud coverage, um, a cover two man or something like that. So so just adding that guy um, to a part of the field kind of takes away two people um in a sense so it's i mean he it's getting the getting a guy like him back is huge for georgia's offense for sure it opens up i, I feel like it opens up the playbook um from a standpoint of that it's going to take people out of position um it's going to open up things for a brock bowers who's a beast uh big o um bro did you see how brock brock Havius take off on him bro <laughs> well uh all right <laughs> I work with uh, Brent Brent Rollins, who covers things for PFF and also works with us at UJSports.com, and he did a still shot on the TV um, where when Brock catches the slant right there, there were six guys deeper in the field than he was, six guys, and he split all six of them and took it 74 yards for the, the TD. So he's a, he's, he's a pretty, pretty special player for sure. So now, uh, TK, let's go ahead and dive deeper into this matchup by the numbers here. And mm-hmm. we see the 12-0, and 8-0 in the SEC, Georgia Bulldogs facing the 11-1, and 7-1, and the only loss being that loss to Texas A&M at College Station. Points per game, TK, Alabama's fifth in the country. Georgia is sixth in the country in, in terms of putting up points per game, 42.7 to 40.7. But there is a major disparity there when it comes to uh, when it comes to the opponent's point per game. TK, Georgia is averaging, and this is with this is with throwing a pick six in the in the UAB game. So that wasn't even really on the defense. <laughs> 6.9 points per game through 12 games. That is the that is the lowest in a long, long time. Uh, Alabama allowing 19.9 points per game. They allowed 35 to Arkansas and 22 to Auburn in their last two games. You see the yards per game, Alabama, they're going to put up those yards, TK, almost averaging 500 yards per contest. And then the yards allowed per game, you got 230 for Georgia, 292. Anything kind of just stick out to you right off the bat when you look on the surface here in uh, in terms of Georgia and Alabama, in terms of just the, the surface level stats here? Yeah, obviously, I mean, that just the, the opponent's, opponent's points per game, you know, you look at that and you just – it, it kind of definitely jumps out. Um, we played some of the same folks, um, and, and, they've, and they've done some damage to those guys and, and have done nothing on us. So that does kind of re- make you raise your eyebrows a little bit. But you said it. These dudes score points. They score a crap ton of points, bro. Um, they're explosive, and, and that's how they score their points. Explosive big plays. Um, and, and, and we haven't, I don't, we haven't seen that. So again, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting from that standpoint. We haven't seen an offense, um, of this caliber. Oh yeah. No, there's no doubt when, when I love how on Twitter and all this stuff, people's, uh, people say, or they'll call into the, the fine bomb show or whatever. And they'll say, Georgia hadn't played an offense all year. Well, guess what? Alabama hasn't played a defense with one scintilla of the amount of talent <laughs> or team chemistry as Georgia's either. So it is going to be a – and I agree, Georgia has faced nowhere even close to an offense 
as dynamic. Now, Tennessee's offense is explosive. There's an explosive and it's fast paced as anybody. Right. The way they play is the way they play is different. And I will and I will say when Auburn had Bo Nix, that offense was a lot more dangerous than it was the the offense that Alabama faced last week with TJ Finley at quarterback. Bo Nix would have beat them. They would have got beat last week. Bo Nix, if Bo Nix is in that Iron Bowl yesterday, that's a bad that's a bad outcome for Alabama, in, in my opinion. But who knows? It could have turned out differently because Bo giveth and he taketh away, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Bo will scramble around and throw a touchdown pass, but Bo also got them little bitty Burger King hands you it's talked about, let it right. slip out of the back of his hands and and go out, you know, for a, a scoop and score like Texas A&M over there. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, in terms of in terms of that. But we're di- uh, diving a little bit deeper in here, common opponents, TK, you mentioned this. This has been something that's been made a, a big deal out of, and for some reason it hadn't saved there. I tried to change it to Tennessee. I know Georgia only beat Tennessee 41-17, not 41-7, so forgive me for that typo there on the screen. But Arkansas, both teams played them. Georgia early on in the year when te- when Arkansas was a top 10 team, I think they were number eight in the country, and they absolutely stonewalled them at home 37 nothing. Alabama got to play an Arkansas team that was ranked in the top 25. Also, they played them at home. They survived 42-35, uh, where, you know, preventing um, – preventing Arkansas from getting an onside kick with it for a chance to try to tie it there at the end of the game. Auburn, 34-10. Georgia goes to Auburn, wins 34-10 with Bo Nix. Then, you know, Alabama in the Iron Bowl, four overtimes yesterday. Everybody saw it, uh, 24-22. TK, I know it's a rivalry game uh, in terms of the Iron Bowl, and it's it's one of the most hated, hate-filled rivalries in all the country. It's a special spectacle, a special game, special environment. But how concerned do you think, if truth be told, I know Nick Saban was smiling and, and doing his, uh, you know, dancing with Miss Terry behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff afterwards. But how concerned do you think the Alabama coaching staff is today after they've reviewed that film um, and knowing what they have lying ahead of them? Man, I, I, I think they got to be pretty concerned, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that offensive line looked extremely leaky yesterday. Um, Seven sacks. Yeah. And, and, and this Georgia, this ain't, this is not that Uh, they're, 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 we're going to, we're going to blitz, which they didn't do a lot of yesterday. We're going to, especially uh, at the end, they brought pressure all day, but then at the end, Derek Mason laid off of Alabama. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, we're, we're going to, we're going to mix it up. We're obviously more talented um, up front than they are. So, I mean, I think that they, 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 they've got some concerns for sure. Yeah. So that was, that was an interesting outcome right there. Florida. Here's another interesting deal. Earlier in this year, Florida was a, they were obviously a, a more energized team. I, I would think you would be fair to say and argue when they faced Alabama. They were juiced up. It was at home at the swamp. So I will give it to Alabama. They got Florida's absolute best shot that day. And Florida ran the but Florida ran the ball for 245 yards on them. And you know we'll we'll kind of see how much that translate for later in the year, TK, when you talk about can anything be taken this late in the game and all that kind of all that kind of stuff in terms of all right going back and see what worked but who knows we'll see we'll see what that can translate into and uh teams have changed over time but right georgia took it to florida alabama survived florida tennessee uh like i said that score is wrong i didn't have it uh correct on there it's 41 17 and then you have tennessee 52 24 losing in Tuscaloosa. Georgia was at Knoxville. So those are the common opponents. Those kind of speak for themselves. I want to dig into some more numbers here, TK. You see the rushing yards per game. Georgia 202. This is where I think Alabama uh, has some questions to answer. We talked about Brian Robinson Jr.'s injury. Okay, if he if he is hampered, if he's not able to go. Um, TK, what does this Russian attack look like with with Trey Sanders? And do they get others involved? And will they be able to 
produce even close to their 149.8 average against this Georgia defense? Yeah, it, it, it's that's. I mean, again, that was my question. Who helps this guy? Who who relieves uh, B Rob and getting helps to, helps them in the running game? Other than him, if if he's not there, and you know, backing up, I talked about this last week. I said it's not just running the ball that running backs have to do. It's pass pro. We talked about we talked about that last week. So it, even from that perspective. Pass protection is going to be a huge thing in this game as well, bro. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I I think that you know just knowing how it goes, Trey Sanders and he's got he's got Nick Saban says it all all the time. Pride and performance, right? It's not like he's going to go out there and and uh, not not perform, right? He 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 came to Alabama wanting to be in this position. He's going to get a chance to be in this in this position. Um, and I think, you know, obviously you can't discount when you got the goat on the sideline over there, Nick Saban, right? You can't discount a, a, a team like that, even when they're even when they're maybe down or they've been beat up or they lost a bunch of talent last year. Nick Saban has a way of getting his team motivated, getting his team, you know, ready to compete in these big games. And they seem unfazed when something goes bad. So I will I will give it that. I'm sure they will find some ways to run the football at certain times. I don't know if they can do it consistently on this Georgia front, TK. No, I I mean, I I don't think they can do it consistently either. Um, Again, you look at, you look at yesterday's game. We're, we're not that bro. And, and I say yesterday's game because that's the closest thing we have to go off of. Well, Trey Sanders finished the game. He had, I think, 23, 23 yards on on ten carries. I mean, it was two point three yards per uh, per attempt. I mean, Brian Robinson Jr. Um, Brian Robinson Jr. was, you know, unable to finish that game. He ripped off a thirty seven yard thirty seven yard run uh, there late, and that was really one of the more explosive plays for Alabama on the day. That's what mm-hmm. shot me, TK. Is that when you see this yards per game on on passing, Alabama's averaging three hundred and forty one passing yards per game, but it just didn't seem like those big chunk plays were there until that ninety seven yard drive at the end when they needed it. They were able to make some throws to to uh, Jacory Brooks, all these kind of guys that that are stepping up when uh, Jameson Williams was out, and that is the mark of a good team, TK. So I, I don't want anybody to discount the fact that we're saying Alabama is one of the best teams in the entire country. It's just I don't it Alabama's kind of a victim of their own success, right? You you compare them to the benchmark of what Alabama has been, you know? And uh they they they're definitely not that this year. No, they they're not. I mean, and, and you can see it in the numbers, uh especially the running game numbers. If you're if you're talking about a Bama team of old, you're talking about um a TJ Yeldon, you're talking about a Trent Richardson, you're talking about um Guys, that yeah, just you're, you're talking about Jalen Waddle, who just went off today at the NFL, uh, being there. Devontae Smith, who was a Heisman Trophy winner. Right. You know, when you have four NFL first round draft picks lined up at wide receiver at the same time for a few years there, TK, that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. No, it, it's amazing what they do over there out wide and, and the and the caliber of players that they uh bring in and put put in the league year in and year out. So it's 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 definitely impressive especially at the receiver position. No doubt. So I, when I look at this screen, I look at this graphic, TK, I see the, the yards per game for Alabama. Obviously, that's a concern for Georgia. They have, to, they have to make sure their secondary is communicating well. You said that. You know, it's not just man-to-man coverage. It's communication, right? Making sure you don't miss anything. You know, uh, John, John Mechie blew that game open uh, in the second half last year. Georgia led at halftime, and then uh, John Mechie, goes off you know they get crossed up on a little switch route and he burns them deep and then it was it was curtains after that it was over with Alabama wins that game that's what Georgia must prevent if they want to win this game and Alabama is going to have to really hope that Bryce Young can elude some free rushers because there's going to be free rushers and then he's going to be able to you know then he's got to be able to find some guys open and and if he does that that's where Georgia's got to do, as you say, plaster, right? They got to stick to that guy and not let him get off. But that's hard to do when you got receivers the caliber of James Jamison Williams and John Mechie. 
Yeah, I mean, it's t- it's tough as hell to cover a dude for. I mean, the average football play is like four seconds. Um, so it's it's tough to cover a guy for seven, six eight. seconds. Yeah, seven, six, seven, eight seconds, especially when they're running four three, four four, you know, four two sometimes. So it's definitely and, and Jameson is that kind of cat. Uh, so it's definitely tough. Um, so we we definitely got to corral to the quarterback. Um, because that's what he does. He extends plays, and and eyes are, co- are constantly downfield. So we we got to we got to get to him. Yeah. So when you talk about that, you talk about the 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 pass down the field. That's Alabama's you know calling card. That's what they need to be able to do. But here's the other thing that stood out for me here, TK. Look at on the screen where it says sacks against, I'm and and then T, <laughs> TFLs against. Georgia has allowed eight sacks all year. Okay, Will Anderson has 13 sacks by himself this year for Alabama. Georgia's allowed eight sacks on the season, and Alabama has allowed 36 sacks this year, TK. They're good. That's the 112th in the country. They are, they are, they are, Bryce Young is getting hit, and he's getting hit often. Um, and then also the tackles for a loss, the run get the, the negative run plays. They've allowed 76 tackles for a loss this year compared to Georgia only allowing 36 tackles for a loss. But you will have to say uh, Dallas Turner and um, Dallas Turner and Will Anderson are creating havoc back there, and they've got 91 tackles for a loss to their credit. So Alabama has more tackles to loss to their credit. But, man, allowing that many sacks and that yeah, many that's... tackles for a loss is very uncharacteristic of a Nick Saban coached offensive line. Dude, that's 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 so eye opening. Um, it's extremely eye opening. It's crazy that they're having success. Um, Thirty six sacks, bro. That's that's crazy. Um, and that just let me. We gonna hit home. Yeah, I think Georgia will definitely <laughs> get multiple sacks this game. My question is, what's the over under on Bryce Young's pass attempts? Right? If 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 Bryce Young has to has to attempt. Let's see how many he attempted yesterday. He attempted fifty one passes to beat Auburn in four overtimes yesterday. TK, that tells me that he is. You're. They're not going to be able to run the ball consistently. They're just not. There will be no way that they'll be able to run the ball consistently on Georgia if he drops back fifty one times, forty. Let's say forty or more times on Georgia. Georgia's going to have at least. If you say they get home just, you know, 5% of the time, they're going to have, you know, four, five, six sacks. I mean, so we'll see We'll see what ends up happening on that end. But I thought it was very, very alarming when it, yeah. for Alabama when it comes to that. But it's alarming for Georgia that yards per game passing in terms of Alabama. They can get the ball down the field in a hurry. They got to avoid the big plays. TK, when you go down into it even more, one of the criticisms early on for Stetson Bennett was he doesn't convert well on third down. Uh, Georgia is in the top 25 in the country now converting at uh, 45.5% on third down. Alabama is one of the best in the entire country converting 53.9% on third down. And that's just that's just what happens when you got a dude like Bryce Young that is able to uh, – able to, to, just not only do things with his legs, but it's plays and be so accurate. Yeah, as, as well as he's he's at, you said it, he's accurate as hell, bro. So those when it's third and three and you need four, he's gonna pinpoint that thing in there. And I've seen him do it all year long. So uh, hold, hold on, TK. We got a we got a comment that I'm gonna have to let you respond to. This guy says, <laughs> "Man, go <laughs> I'm on." Bowers is slow. <laughs> I'm this not man, entertaining that, bro. Bowers hit Bowers. Brock Bowers hit 21 miles per hour on the GPS going down the sideline against you uh, against UAB earlier this them, year. Them, and them cars in your profile slow. Yeah, that that <laughs> when Brock you talk Bowers about ain't slow. When you talk about when you talk about Brock Bowers, he's a legit four five forty guy, and he is six foot four, two hundred and thirty five pounds. Uh, so you know. You might want to might want to do a little more research on that one. That that'd be like us coming out and saying uh, Jamison Williams is slow. I mean, yeah, the, I the dude can pick him up and run him down. Uh, so you know that's a, that's that's just not not truthful right there. 
So, uh, and this, here we go, Brian Ashley, clock 21 miles per hour at 6'4", 230. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, dude, that's moving, my brother. Dude is a player, but. With, with some pads on. With some pads on. Uh, both both defenses, TK, are very good on third down. They're two of the better in the country at keeping people, uh, you know, from converting on third down, 32% each. And then here's uh, both good at, you know, coming back into the red zone. Georgia struggled to score touchdowns this year in the red zone, where Alabama's been very good at scoring touchdowns in the red zone. However, Alabama's defense is allowing people to convert in the red zone for points 86.7% of the time, which is down towards the, you know, 100 mark in the country where Georgia is number one in the entire country. They, if team, even when teams get into the red zone, they only end up going away with points 54.5% of the time. Good for number one in the country. So what do you think about the red area in this game? What do you think Alabama would be able to go to in the red area? Like, who would you think they'd be able to target? And same thing for Georgia. Like, what do you think their strategy would be getting down into the red area versus Alabama? Man, well, obviously you see it there. Folks folks are having success on uh, Bama in the red zone. So I would, I would, I would think that we would be able to do so as well. But who would, who got, would you target? If you're, if you're, who top would I target? Probably yeah. Brock Bowers or, uh, or, 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 or a big O. Um, you know, how about a, a George Pickens end. on a fade route if he comes in there? Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%, bro. I, I would, I would just continue to do what we do. Uh, but definitely big Brock, definitely big O because they're, they're mismatches for, mixed matches for guys for sure. Um, so yeah, definitely hit those tight ends. On the Alabama side, they have they have some tight ends that cannot be ignored. I know Billingsley has been kind of a he's kind of he's kind of had to had some struggles off the field struggles. Nick Saban's had to chastise him in you know through the media several times this year. Does he really want to play? Does he want to buy in? Does he want to do things the Alabama way? But you can't ignore the kind of athlete that he is. Also, Latou, he's had some ball security issues. He's fumbled a few times, uh, you know, but he's a big, talented uh, tight end. Those guys can both get it done. And then when you talk about John Mechie, that's where he works, man. That's where him and, and Slade Bolden do their work. I mean, when it gets when it gets tight right there, and if you're playing any kind of zone, they're so good at at you know seeing the holes in that zone and being able to. Um, you know, being able to sit it down in there. And Georgia's playing more zone this year, TK, and I expect mm-hmm. them to mix it up between man and zone a good bit. Yeah, you you just mentioned a cat that, I mean, I, I like a lot. Um, John mentioned, we talk, I talked about him, I think, um, earlier in the year um, about his game evolving. And and I think I've seen his game evolve. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. His intermediate routes, his um, his attention to detail on side adjustments are huge. And, and and I've seen it on more than one account this year, and it does. It helps guys, young guys like a Bryce Young out when you can have a reliable guy um, in the red area that that you know is going to get it done because he's a route runner, bro. He's, yeah, he's 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 a chain mover, right? When when you need it, when you need a first down, uh, you know it's it's third and medium to third and long. John Mechie knows where those sticks are, and he's unable to to right, run his Mark. route in such a way where he's going to get separation at the right time. So Georgia will have to get pressure on Bryce. Getting pressure is going to be the key because you're yeah. not going to be able to cover these guys all night long. No, you can't, and that's and that's uh that's what people str- do struggle with. Um, obviously, we just saw that on the last slide. People are in the backfield, but they got a special cat back there, number nine, that can maneuver in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and launch that thing up. So, I mean, do they do that often? That happens probably several times a game. Um, so, to your point, when we do pressure him and we are back there, we got to get him on the ground. And lastly, let's talk about some some key players. Obviously, we're not talking about – uh, the quarterbacks here, because obviously in football, the quarterbacks are key players, right? Bryce Young is a key. If he goes off and has the game of his life, well, Alabama will win the game, you know, I mean, because he's already had some unbelievable uh, performances this year. If he just puts magic out there, that's how Alabama, you know, wins is being able just to play off the charts. Stetson Bennett, of course, he's got to be efficient, all that kind of stuff. But these players that I'm putting out here for key players are guys who how they play 
in you know in certain matchups that will that will determine the game. Uh, that that will determine how they do because like for Georgia there, Trevon Walker, we talked about Trevon right. And, and him being able to move all the way down from an outside backer all the way down to a nose guard and, oh. and you know, spy on people. They drop him back into coverage, all that kind of stuff. Um, so when it comes down to it, where does Trevon Walker line up? Do they put him outside over on Damian George or Chris Owens or whoever lines up at right tackle because that's been a, a Achilles heel for uh, for Alabama or, you know, where does Trevon Walker line up and what kind of mismatch that would be. And then on the flip side, TK, you got Will Anderson, who's been the guy all year um, in terms of, you know, being able to get things done uh, for Alabama, getting those sacks, and how will he match up against, you know, Warren McClendon over there? Will Warren McClendon be able to hold things down? Does Georgia use running backs and tight ends to chip him? What do you think about uh, Trevon Walker for Georgia and Will Anderson for Alabama as – kind of key guys for up front. I know that a lot of people are talking about Dallas Turner in the chat and things like that, but, you know, it's uh, when it comes down to it, Will Anderson, if he plays really, really well, we'll see how things uh, turn out. Yeah, bro, he's a he's a complete um, he's a complete game changer. When I think about Will Anderson, I think about somebody like a – reminds me of like a Jarvis Jones um, from, from back in the day. Um, Jarvis was a cat that – can change a game, can take over a game, destroys his – wins his one-on-one matchup time after time after time, plays with great effort, relentless effort, and is a leader. And I think that, obviously, Will Anderson is the leader of that defense. Um, talking about Trey, um, that, that that will be intriguing. But he's not the only one. So <laughs> he's not yeah. the only one that could, that could – um, that can do all that. You've got several guys, and you talked about it before. So you've got several guys that could rotate and create havoc um for their right tackle um so it could be it could be a it could it could be a rough outing for that kid you know yeah you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see how many you know plays that that because will anderson i mean he's just when he's on the field his hair's on fire i mean he is the heart and soul of that that team he, he plays with with so much but you can't you can't just go down after down after down. They've got to to rotate in there. So what will the rotation be like? Will Dallas Turner be able to step up on the other side and, and continue to make plays? He's done great as a freshman. That's a big – that was a big recruit. Yeah, Henry Toto is a good at run stopping. He cannot cover anybody to save his life. Yeah, and I said – that was something I said earlier in the year, bro, is that they struggle on the second level covering um, so and they still and they still do. So it'll be it, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to to see what happens on that matchup. I've got two DBs in there as well, Keely Ringo and Josh Job. And the reason I put those on there is because um, you know, I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is the better corner for if Armor Davis isn't able to go, I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is their best corner right now. I because Josh Job is routinely uh, you know, having plays made on him. And, you know, Darren Kendrick for Georgia, uh, that, you know, he's played in games this magnitude, TK. He's, he's, he's played on teams that have beaten Alabama in national championship games, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's that kind of guy uh, that transferred for, from Clemson over. So he's used to playing games this magnitude. I'm interested to see, okay, when, when it comes down, down to it and you've got John Mechie or Jameson Williams on Keely Ringo, guy who is, for all intents and purposes, a freshman because of, you know, not getting to play his first year because of a shoulder injury. How does he hold up? There's been times this year where Keely Ringo has been called for pass interference penalties. He hadn't had touchdowns scored on him, but he's been called for pass interference because he's been beat deep and he just tackles the guy to prevent it from being a touchdown. <laughs> bro, that's that, that's funny when DBs do stuff like that. But, bro, uh, that that's that's one of my keys to the game is, is make plays out wide. Um, we're gonna have to make plays out wide defensively. That's that's something that we're gonna have to do. Jameson Williams is is top tier. Uh, he's special. Yeah. Um, so we gotta figure out ways to to slow him down. And Keely Ringo um, can play the way that he's been playing. I, I I feel like he can have success. But that's a matchup that I am intrigued in. Obviously, receiver DB matchup. Um, and and we'll do different things. Too. So it's not like it'll just be one-on-one coverage out there. They'll be running ones. Um, 
he'll he'll drop back and play some zone. Um, but there's going to be opportunities to make make plays on the ball in the air. So yeah. we go we we need to be there when when uh when those opportunities are there. We need to be right there on them. So hopefully hopefully Keely 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 plays well like he's like he's been doing, and we don't have to uh, you know tackle anybody. <laughs> and then I think that when you talk about the go-to guys, the playmaker guys for these teams, like you mentioned, Jameson Williams, he's that dude. Uh, mm -hmm. Alabama's offense, you know, started struggling pretty, pretty mild, you know, pretty mildly once, uh, you know, he was out with that targeting penalty. But, but think about it like this: you asked this question, you said that that offense struggles because they can't do what they they normally do. Getting George Pickens back is like getting uh, is like having a Jameson Williams to answer that question. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a big deal, and and obviously we we, they, we have to worry about him a lot, like everybody else does. Oh, uh, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban know each other as well as anybody, right? And they know yeah. how maniacal each other are, and how much they're gonna they're gonna think think through things, and how much they want to you know see each other, you know, do certain things, and how they're gonna react to them. Kirby Smart strategically put George Pickens out there in various formations on various downs and distances. So, uh, so Nick Saban would have grad assistants and student assistants charting every blade of grass he was on, what hash mark, you know, who, what the time on the clock was, all that kind of stuff, because he wanted him to be able to prepare. Hey, what is Georgia going to do with George Pickens when they let him loose? Right? I mean, because they, they were just. They were just putting him out there, getting him comfortable, letting him get in that one catch, get a hit, that kind of thing. I would expect him to get more targets. But back to kind of what we're we're talking about uh, on here with Jameson Williams and Brock Bowers, kind of the the last two. They they are the go to guys for each yeah. one of these two teams. They are the guys who who are going to be explosive. And I don't think that you could have a more intriguing matchup for either one. Jamison Williams on Georgia's corners. I think if any, you ask anybody, even though Georgia's corners have played well during this year, I think that's the biggest question mark on Georgia's team. How are, the, how are those corners going to be able to play, excluding if Chris Smith can't play, uh, then then you got some, some issues at, at star over there and, and seeing what happens. But the corners on Jamison Williams and then also Brock Bowers, okay, Brock Bowers on Alabama's safeties, whether it's whether it's uh, Hel uh, Hellman's or whether it is um, Battle or whether it's Henry Toto at linebacker, you know, whoever Brock Bowers is matched up on, that is a mismatch in favor of Georgia. Uh, you know, Branch, okay, that's fine. He's not. He doesn't have the size to be able to to run with with Brock Bowers. He can box him out. Basically, is what that's going to be. So I'm interested to see does Georgia target the tight ends enough as they need to, and can on the flip side, will the corners be able to contain Jameson Williams? Because it's like old, uh, you know, it's like it's like uh, Stu on ESPN used to say. You know, over there, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop him. You can only hope to contain him, right? I mean, because that's that's all it is. You're not gonna shut him down. You can only hope to contain him, and that's what Georgia has to do with Jameson Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another key to the game, bro. They're gonna target him. Uh, Bryce Young is gonna look for him. So, whoever lines up on him, whether it's Keeley or any other any other of our other uh, DBs, has to has to be locked in, has to be cued in, and not just the, not just the guy guarding him. If we're playing a zone, that safety, they need to know where they need to know where 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 Jamison Williams is. Absolutely. So TK, we've taken into account Georgia's defensive front versus Auburn's offensive line that the struggles they've had there. I give when you're just going on to it, I give advantage offense Georgia's defensive front versus Alabama's offensive front, I give the advantage to Georgia. When it comes to Alabama's wide receivers, outside receivers versus Georgia's corners, I give the advantage to Alabama. I think they're 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 better, but Georgia's going to have to neutralize that with their defensive front. When you go linebackers and tight ends for uh excuse me, when you go running backs and tight ends for Georgia versus Alabama's linebackers, I give Georgia the advantage there. I think uh, I don't. I, I've not had a whole lot of faith in Georgia's and, and Alabama's linebackers since 
that Florida game where we saw them just running all over the field yeah. in misdirections, not reading things correctly, not filling, filling uh, the proper gaps, things like that. So I think gap integrity could be a big deal there. And TK, we've not even hardly talked about James Cook, who he he had a coming out party against Alabama last year, splitting out wide, touchdown. Um, and, you know, he did the same thing as Tennessee this year. He could be an integral part of this game for Georgia. Yeah. I mean, a, a cat like that is a Swiss Army knife. Somebody um, that can – I actually played with his brother. He was used like that out wide in the backfield, special special dude that can catch out of the backfield. Um, and when he gets it in his hands, special, no doubt. special. So ho- hopefully having him and a George Pickens on the field at the same time and a Brock Bowers can create some real deal havoc. Now, at the same time, you know, I said I would give Georgia's defensive front versus Alabama's offensive front. I'd give Georgia the advantage. I give Alabama's defensive front versus Georgia's offensive front. I give them the advantage with Will Anderson and with Dallas Turner. I mean, Georgia's going to have to find some creative ways to make sure those guys get blocked up because that uh, I think that is the strong suit of Alabama's teams uh, this year is, is that defensive front, the pressure by Will Anderson. I think the the pressure by Dallas Turner, who's a phenomenal prospect, you know, they're able to, to do a lot of things up front and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia's offensive line holds up, even though they've only allowed eight sacks this year, uh, TK, a lot of that reason they haven't allowed more sacks is because Stetson has eluded pressure. He's ran and he's thrown the ball away when he's needed to. So that's been that's been the interesting thing there. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett, we got to talk about it. Your quarterback advantage, obviously, you're going to give it to Alabama. Bryce Young, best player in the country. But here's my question, TK. Do you think how do you, do you think Stetson Bennett playing Alabama at Alabama last year, being the start the the unquestioned starter now going throughout the rest of this season, do you think that Stetson Bennett will be prepared for this moment, and how do you think he'll play against Alabama in the SEC championship game? I think he he'll he'll be prepared. I think he'll be confident because because he's te- battle tested against these guys in their place. Um, I think he'll be. I think he'll have that in his mind. Like shit, they kick they kind of kicked my my ass last year. So, you know, he'll have his little chip on his shoulder. So I think he'll be ready. And 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 one thing about Stetson is he you said it, he does the smart things, he does the right things. He plays complimentary football. And with that, when you play complimentary football, you help out your teammates. They 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 become easy targets for you. So so I think that he him playing the way he plays helps out this team. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see how how Stetson. I think one thing you're gonna see from Stetson is people forget going into this game in the past. Right, you've had Alabama's been the one that's had two stud quarterbacks, both able to play, and that's been what has sunk Georgia is when the backup quarterback has come in for Alabama. I don't think Georgia's going to be afraid to let Stetson Bennett use his legs in this game because. You know, heaven forbid he gets he gets uh, banged up or something like that. They have a former five star sitting over there on the bench and JT Daniels. That uh, the irony in that though, I mean, the irony in it in itself is crazy. But if something like that were were to happen, bro, that yeah, that'd just be insane. It would it it would be insane. But we hope that everybody in this game uh, goes injury free and is yeah, able 100%. to to make make it through it a hundred percent. I want to see everybody. I want to see Brian Robinson Jr. at full strength. I want to see George Pickens at full best strength. I want to see. I want to see best on best. Man. I wanna see, I wanna we want to see these best. these two you know titans of the SEC over the last five six years uh, be able to go at it. And this is. This is what the the trilogy, right? I mean, this is this is rematch number number three since uh, Kirby's been there. So, uh, you know, we'll see if third time is a charm when it. Well, no, it's not. It's not the rematch they played. This is the fourth time because yeah, the third time was last year. So, uh, this is rematch number four. Kirby zero and three against Saban, but has had the lead in at halftime at all three games. So, can Georgia finish? They're gonna. You know, starting fast is something that Kirby Smart mentioned that he, he's been preaching to his team all year, and they've done so. The games have been out of reach at halftime against every team that they've played this year except the Kentucky game pretty much and 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 Clemson. The Kentucky game was 14-10, I think. Clemson 
was uh, either zero zero or, or three three something mm-hmm. something along those lines at halftime. But it'd be interesting to see where this one is come halftime. Uh, we'll find out about you know six o'clock on uh, on on Saturday night with all the TV uh, shortages uh, timeouts. I know it's going to be a four hour four and a half hour oh, game with all that kind of stuff. Long. It'll drag drag on forever. Some big money being thrown down on those advertisements. TK, so they're going to get big cheddar. Yeah, they're going to get those in. <clears throat> so. Without further ado here, we've talked about the matchups. We've talked about, you know, who who has the advantage over who in the position groups and things like that. It is a six-point Georgia. Georgia's getting six points right here. They're, uh, they're a six-point favorite. So what is your score prediction? Do you, Who do you think covers and Who's going to be the SEC champion, and then who's going to be moving on to the to the playoffs? Yeah, it, it's going to be a really good game, bro. Um, again, like I said at the beginning, I think it's going to be a nail biter. Um, my 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 keys to victory for for Georgia would be um, getting pressure. You're going to have to get pressure. You're going to have to you know wreak havoc, and then run the ball. Um, obviously, we talked about Florida having success with running the ball. Um, and then I said it make plays out wide defensively and offensively, but but more so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make plays defensively um, if we're if we're gonna win this game. And then for Bama, they got to control the line of scrimmage on the offense. If they don't do that, bro, it's a wrap. Plain and simple, um, yeah. it's a wrap. Um, and then they got to two, they got to have explosive plays. Um, that's how they win games all year. That's what they do. Um, and if they're able to do that on us, then it's it's it could get scary. Um, so yeah, uh, with that, I think I think we get it done, man. I think we get it done in a really close one, another really good game. I think we come out on top 28 to 24. 28 24, Georgia. So TK is going to take Alabama to cover, he's taking Georgia to win outright. Here's my here's my thinking on this, and uh. Listen, Nick Saban's coach teams, you never, ever, ever, and I can assure you Kirby Smart and that Georgia team, nobody will be overlooking any part of that team, whether it's John Mechie, whether it's Jameson Williams, whether it's, you know, uh, Will Anderson, whether it's, you know, Dallas Turner, whether it's, you know, uh, Hellums or or Battle. I mean, even Josh Job, none of these guys, they're, they're not going to overlook anybody. They're not going to take anything for for granted. Uh, but having said this, Alabama's backs are against the wall. Uh, they're going to come out fighting. I expect it to be a, a tight, tight game going forward. But here's here's what I do think. I think people cannot overstate how physical the last two contests that Alabama has played have been with Arkansas and Auburn. Uh, I think that takes a toll on your body. These 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 are human beings, you know. Georgia has been able to um, Georgia's been able to kind of rest up and quite honestly prepare for Alabama without having to prepare for Charleston Southern and without having to prepare for Georgia Tech. They've been able to work basically on Alabama the last two weeks. I think that preparation, that amount of being fresh, you know, has an impact. I think Georgia pulls away in this one at the end. I'm going to take Georgia win this one 34-21 uh, in, in the SEC championship game. And I think Georgia moves on. Number one seed, Alabama, will be out of the playoff picture uh, entirely for the uh, you know first time since uh, tw- the 2019 season, I guess, so a couple years over there. But it seems like they should, they're in it right there every year, of course. It's a shocking development when they're not. Ohio State already out. Clemson's out. I think Alabama will be the next, uh, you know, blue butt, blue blood, perennial power to be bounced from the playoff picture, and I think that happens on Saturday from Georgia. Like I said, thirty-four twenty-one. So we've broken down this game about you know ten ways to Sunday. TK, uh, it, it's uh, we, we've diced it up as as much as we can. Everybody, we appreciate you joining. Do us a favor, go ahead and hit the like button if you like the content on here today. We saw a lot of you guys chopping it up in the in the in the chat over here, so we really appreciate that. So hit the uh, hit the like button, hit the like button, hit subscribe, turn on notifications. 
you can follow us and I'm going to put this on the screen real quick. So everybody can see our contact information. You can follow us on Twitter uh, down here at the bottom using at S E C two underscore the word none S E T S E C two, the number two underscore none. So you can uh, follow us on there. Follow me at B Gilmer 18, follow TK at TK Uno dose. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. We will, we may come at you with a little, little special bonus episode maybe a guest later this week uh yeah, on we'll here we, we come to you every week next week after this game we'll we, next sunday night we'll be reacting to this game we'll be talking about the new hires i know billy napier got hired by florida but that ain't the concern this week you got you got a big one there in the bin so for Tavares king uh, i am blaine gilmer and we will catch you next time on the second to none podcast Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.